Dr. Amalia Gonyas Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today from Tanzania for our series on women in science is Dr. Irene Tarimo who is head of the Department of Environmental Studies at the Open University of Tanzania. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Amelia. My pleasure to be with you today. It is wonderful to hear a voice from Tanzania, a country that I have many, many fond memories of. Dr. Irene, Coincidentally, our series on women in science runs in parallel with COP26, which is the 26th United Nations Climate Change Conference, and you specialize in environmental science. Before we talk about your views on on climate change, as the head of the Department on Environmental Studies at the Open University, please will you share some of your core focal points for the department as well as responsibilities that come with occupying this position. Thank you, Doctor. The core focal point of the Department of Environmental Studies here at the Open University of Tanzania, like any others, are teaching, research, and consultancy under the main three streams of the environmental science, health, and management, which are hosted by this department and responsibilities which are under this department, which come with the holding position of the head of the department are as follows among others. This which five, I've mentioned five, which are the core ones. One is coordination, admission, orientation, induction, and supervision of the colleagues in the department and the students in the department in order to run the programs of bachelor's degree, master's degree, and PhD's study levels in the department. Second uh, responsibility is curriculum development and review. Third is the examination settings, moderation, supervision, marking, monitoring, and evaluations. And the fourth responsibility is supervision of researchers, field works, and practicals. We have laboratories where we have to supervise and make sure that our science students conduct experimental uh, practice to put up what, uh, what they have learned from the theory. And the five is uh, there is what we call real-time teaching and learning through Zoom links in what we call Moodle platform. Those are some of the core responsibilities of the department, but we have others like receiving visitors, attending visitors and so many others. Thank you for this question. Thinking about the last part that you mentioned of the the Moodle platform and real-time teaching, I would imagine that during the the era of of COVID, which we are, are still unfortunately working our way through, that utilizing online platforms and equipping both university and students has been a a very important factor to continue with education and the work that you do. 
Yeah, especially this one, Moodle platform. is a the platform which is made where the tutors and the students can meet, like we are meeting here in the Zoom link. Where the real-time teaching is that the students should be there at a specified time and the tutors so that they can do discussions and follow up the discussions and questions and answers sessions. Uh, we have to engage all the tutors at a specified time through the links. I find it remarkable how we as, as scientists, as the world have managed to adapt our systems in a relatively quick period of time to be able to deal with issues of COVID. Yeah, and this had been made by this university to start with, but other universities and other institutions had also taken this because of the COVID, where meetings should be at a distance to avoid the, 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 this pandemic problem. Doctor, I understand that some of the work that you address include aspects of managing wastewater and being able to recycle it into aquaculture as well as agriculture. Can you tell us about some of the more significant collaborations or research projects that your teams are working on? Yeah, this team was comprised with what we call Professor Tolin Bwete, who is no longer there, and we salute him for his really hard working on this part. He was, the professor was leading the wastewater treatment and cycling, and I was in the team because he also supervised my PhD. So some significant collaborations or research projects that we are embarked on, wastewater treatment and cycling, is Mabogini Mosh Kilimanjaro. And it's, this project is still there, and the agriculture is there, and there is also a fish pond there in this area. And the other one is Shimo Latewa, which is for the inmates of Mombasa, Kenya. Also, there, there is a lot of projects of vegetables, and you see, like bananas, etc. plantation are there for the inmates. They also have mercy for the inmates. And some institutions like the University of Dar es Salaam at the moment, uh, of course, they had also this uh, wastewater treatment and recycling from the students' dormitories. But at the moment, we don't have a project which is under this collaboration. Some of these projects that you mentioned, all of them, in fact, really speak about sustainability. And when we think about aspects of water scarcity, of having food security, they've been really important initiatives. Can you share with us some of the other real world problems that you're planning to solve for? Yeah, the, the, the other problems we wanted to solve, uh, really where the problems is pollution, to control pollution. And if we manage to have this wastewater treatment and recycling, we can take care of methane gas emissions, which is really coming from this wastewater, and some other gases. And control pollution worldwide is important because 
the world now is really uh, degraded because of pollution coming from industries, from running vehicles, etc. And also we have degraded the landscape restoration. This is also the area which I would like to work on. And this one landscape restoration, I have one student, PhD student, who is now going to the field to do this, eh? to do his uh, thesis on this in the west part of Tanzania, uh, Mwanza, around the lake zone, of, lake, Tanga, lake Victoria zone, which is doing in Mwanza, uh, Geita, and Chato. And this will help to curb climate change. We'll mitigate the climate change if we control pollution and we have some landscape restoration so that we can have high productivity and preserve our biodiversity in the environment. Hi, I'm Zonke Digana, a South African Afro-Soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're talking to Dr. Irene Tarimo, who is head of the Department of Environmental Studies at the Open University of Tanzania. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Dr. Thinking about this aspect of, of pollution, obviously universities are, are not contributing to pollution, but they're trying to look at how we can control the problem or, or reduce the problem. Do you think that there's enough collaboration between industry, who are the culprits in this space, and academia? No, 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 really. There is no enough collaboration in this. I don't think so. There is no sufficient collaboration between the industry and the academia because some of the researches which are being done by the academia are still being in the shelves, are not being implemented. And for here in the country, uh, here in the country, um, respect to the academia is not so high. You see, respect is very high in politicians in the politician's part and in the business, but not in the academia. So the relationship can be fostered by the industry to utilize the researches done by the academia, because the academia usually do research and give some suggestions and recommendations on how to encounter the problems, and this will improve the productivity. So I was also suggested that the media to be in a position to help in training and raising the awareness through even the local radios or through whatever is possible. Exhibitions or international conference, so many things can be done to educate the society that there is a lot of what we call wealth of materials done through research which can help to solve the society's problems and the industry at large. Those points of being able to expose empirical research, these are are proven facts. So I, I think the insights that you've shared here as ways to be able to share that content, be able to 
influence and to help uh, people appreciate the role that scientists play to overall better society and not just within the local country context, but also the world at large. As someone who plays a role in the environment, in our um, conversation offline, we've, we've looked at uh, farmers as, as part of the dynamic here. How do you see farmers on the ground responding to the impact of climate change? Well, this is a nice question. Eh? As an environmentalist and a scientist, I see farmers on the ground who do not know about climate change. They know nothing about climate change, but look into seasonal changes and wonder why. They wonder why, for example, we are planting maize during February, and now we are not having rain up to March. Why? So they just wonder. So they, they are ignorant of what had happened. They wait for the government leaders and the local authorities leaders to say what to do, but they cut cut trees for charcoal. And here in Tanzania, according to the census of 2012, 26% are cutting trees to make charcoal, and 69% are cutting trees for just firewood. The firewood is being sold around the country. So you have a lot of cutting trees. And this, when you have a lot of cutting trees, that means you're exposing the land and you have soil erosion, you will have, the trees usually absorb the gas emissions, which will control pollution. And then you don't have the trees to absorb the gas emissions. So greenhouse effect will be high. Tanapa is a Tanzania National Park Authority, which is under the government of Tanzania. This one is doing well in natural forests and government reserve areas like in Komasi, in Tanga region, where they are doing a great job in insisting and enforcing the laws and bylaws against environmental problems, which bring about the climate change. But also done by some NGOs efforts locally to insist the people to do afforestation and to give trees, I mean seedlings of the trees to tell the people to plant around the water catchment areas and along the rivers, uh, banks, so that we have some indigenous trees being around to conserve water and to have climate change. These efforts are not enough because you have a lot of cutting trees. So that's, there is a need to do some trainings and practical demonstrations, for, for instance, plant trees and monitoring that they are growing and they are being taken care of. You've highlighted some of the factors that are contributing to climate change on, on a local level and really emphasised the importance of education. What would you like to see coming out of COP26? Uh, COP26 is doing wonderful having this conference at this time, talking about how to come climate change. So coming out from this uh, COP26, I would like them to come with strategic plans of controlling greenhouse emissions. Greenhouse gases emissions, like carbon dioxide, 
is uh, bring about the global warming and this will bring about the climate change. So if they have a strategic plans of how to control these emissions so that we can control the climate change, that's one. Secondly, I would like them to come out with well pollution control measures and the restoration of degraded landscapes. And the third one is to come out with plans of international conferences to raise awareness on the use of renewable energy to mitigate climate change. Because the world is now being hot. Here in Tanzania, for example, around Lake Tanganyika, the temperature has raised up to two degrees centigrade more if you compare with the former years. This indicates that you have a lot of high temperature which is coming to the world. And in some other areas like in Pakistan, I don't think uh, we, we have heard that the temperature is very high so that the people are not sustaining their life anymore. And if we kill the plants which animals depend on, then we are going to die because we depend on plants and animals for our surviving we human beings. Thank you. We've spoken about the real impact that climate change is having on the world. And we've also really emphasized the role of scientists in terms of uh, making new discoveries, in terms of looking at how we can reduce and lessen the effects of climate change. We also know that science, technology, engineering, and mathematics are, are core subjects which contribute to our futures. But when I've looked at various reports, it shows that women have been underrepresented in these disciplines. And as a result, there's a knock-on effect, which means that they are placed at a disadvantage when it comes to work and job opportunities of the future. You are a scientist. Your academic qualifications are in the environmental space. You have a master's in environmental studies. Your PhD addressed environmental pollution control and ecological modeling. Please tell us what sparked your interest in the field. Yeah, thank you very much. This is STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You know, it's a science. When I was young, I was interested in the field due to mainly three reasons. One reason is that uh, from our area, customs and taboos in our area. Education of the girls in rural areas in where I was staying was a problem in the minds of people. The parents were not talking about the girls' education. They said education is for the boys, but not for the girls who, are, who will be married and they will not benefit from their education because they will be married to other family and not their family. So they were not sending girls to the school. And this embarrassed me when I was young. And I was thinking my parents would not send me to school, but my parents was the leader in politics. There was a position, the very lowest position in politics in Tanzania was 10 cell leader. That means a leader who lead 10 families. So my father was one of the 10 cell leader. He was a politician in the very lower level, but he was very clever and he was sending us girls to school. So I was, uh, I was uh, 
happy that I was sent to school. And so I wanted to prove this is wrong, believe to the, to the way that they could understand. The people in our rural areas could understand it is wrong to prove that girls cannot go to school and they will be married and go away. So, and also the poverty. In the area or in the rural areas, we have a lot of poverty. So I was seeing other people are not the same as others. There, was, there were worse people and there were poor people. So I said, I have to study hard now when I got the chance for school so that I can be, do away with poverty. Second, I was also um, born inquisitive. I was asking a lot of questions when I was young and also hard working. I was working very hard at home and very hard at school. Also, I had such things of self-discipline, perseverance, and having good IQ, which I used in the education in order to role model others. And I was going to my neighbor's parents who were not sending their, their girls to school and persuade them, kindly let Agnes go with me in school if Agnes was not allowed to go to school. And sometimes I could win to get at least three girls by persuading their parents who accompanied me in the school. So this was uh, the second. The third, environment is a cross-cutting discipline and usually I was born liking the natural environments and I was to see them surviving. Then coming on the other side, the types of career opportunities and the industries open for women who study sciences. The first one is teaching, teaching at all levels. If you are doing science, you can do teaching from lower levels to tertiary levels. You can do research, you can do consultants' works. You can be at all industries and commerce and business offices, etc. because uh, this is uh, science especially environment is cross-cutting. Building blocks needed to enter the field is self-determination right from elementary to university education. You must have what we call self-determination from your mindset, that I want to do this and you go for it and you focus on it. Thanks for sharing your journey of, of development, of unpacking the barriers that you confronted and the foresight of your father to open those opportunities and allow and encourage you to succeed in your dreams. Hi, my name is Yvonne Chakachaka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. A program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this time. Today, we're talking to Dr. Irene Terimo, who is head of the Department of Environmental Studies at the Open University of Tanzania. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Dr. 
building female leadership capacity is important for the future of women to our countries as well as to continents. And one of the things that you remarked on today was the emphasis of political power and the respect that one has within the political sphere. Women occupying positions in government and serving heads of and serving as heads of state is significant for several reasons. Yet currently we only have one serving female president on the continent who is Samia Suluwa Hassan of Tanzania. Firstly, can you please describe to us what the state of gender equality is in Tanzania? Firstly, I would like to describe the gender equality in Tanzania as a challenge. It is still a challenge why I said this. Up to this year, 2021, Tanzania has about 35 women ministers. That means eight ministers in the cabinet and 65% are men. That means 20, uh, 23, all together are 23. So 23 minus eight, how many remains are men. So the gap is still big and it's a challenge because there is this old African proverb that says, that was said by, here I said David Cameron of Ghana and it was also said by Dr. Agrey, Dr. Agrey, that if you educate a man, you educate an individual. But if you educate a woman, you educate a family. That is the family here was not a nation. And this was a pioneer in its time for realizing the importance of women's education when men predominated education opportunities. And then I think as well as leadership positions in that, that manner. So. And what do you think that having a female president is going to do for the aspirations of women in the country? Yeah, having a female president in Tanzania is uh, doing aspirations of both women and men. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not biased, as I can say. It's trying to bridge the gender equality gap because at the moment, he, she appointed the first woman as the Minister of Defense in the country, Madame Stagomena Tax, who is the member of parliament, is the first female defense and national service minister. So Mama Samia Sulu, I congratulate her efforts that she's trying to bridge the gap, although it's doing, uh, making sure that the aspirations of both men and women are realized. Um, I think she's, she will still uh, continue to be elected in the next coming elections if she's working hard on this because she was appointed there constitutionally due to the death of our Honorable late President John Joseph Pompe Magufuli. Thank you. Thank you. It makes me incredibly sad that we only have one female sitting president on the whole continent. What do you think needs to happen for more countries in Africa to accept women as presidents? Yeah, 
it, you know, we have what we call taboos and customs in Africa. In Africa, uh, people are still with Pilato. You know, Pilato in the fourth century was talking about women cannot be leaders, women cannot come out from the house, women has to stay home and do home chorus. And many are the ones who to come out who are to be leaders, etc. So here in Africa, we haven't changed much from the first century of Plato. So what I think it needs to happen for more countries in Africa to accept female a president is to more work the talks and the education. Let me elaborate on work the talks. This work the talks is, uh, is my, my, my own say, which I said when I was the president of this uh, academic uh, branch of this university. In 2017-2018, I was the president of the academia here. And my, 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 my problem which I put forward is to walk the talks. That means people do say this and this and this. So we have to, 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 to walk those words they are talking. To walk, that means to do, to act and to solve. If they are talking about problems, then we work on those problems and we solve them. So if they talk about improvement, then what they talk, we work on them. That means we solve the improvement by perhaps awareness, by education, etc. So, and these talks will depend on the culture and taboos of the African countries to change the mindset so that the cultures and the taboos of the African countries can change. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. Today, we're talking to Dr. Irene Tarimo, who is head of the Department of Environmental Studies at the Open University of Tanzania. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. It is such a pity that all of these changes that we want to see have a time factor associated with them, that there isn't a magic button we can push and things will change immediately, that it takes time through education, through socialization, through having the visibility of women in high-profile positions to appreciate that women can do these things and have a right to, to take on leadership roles. I wondered if you could please tell us about uh, a few women who've been important change agents in Tanzania. I mean, for instance, when you spoke earlier about Stogomena Tax, she was um, head of SADC for several years. So a couple of women who have been important change agents in Tanzania are there, but I have listed a few here, like Madame Gertrude Mongela, who represented the African women as ambassador in Beijing conference and also was an African ambassador uh, leader. I mean, ambassador 
leader of the women in Africa. Asha Rose Migiro, who was also the Deputy General Secretary of the United Nations, and now she's the, um, the Assistant Ambassador in UK. There is the Anna Makinda, who is now uh, trying to work off the censor of the country to, next year, 2022, we have a censor, and this is the chair of the team, which is working on the preparations. And he is the retired Tanzania Parliament Speaker, and the works done by the former presidents, first ladies. You have first lady of those former presidents. They have done a lot to make changes in the country. And also, Madam Mustegometa, this taxi was in southern countries. And we have others, like we have Anati Bajuka, who was also working with UN Habitats. Yeah, we have a lot of women who have made some changes, but these are the few mentioned was to represent the others. Thank you. Everybody has a different journey. Everybody's walked a, a different talk to, to borrow your words. And what I'd like to ask you now is what you would consider to be some of the factors that have contributed to your success. Uh, some of the factors which contribute to my success is uh, praying to Almighty God. You, you know, before I went to work and before I went to school, when I was young, I was passing through the church and pray first. Even up to now, it is my habit that I go to church and pray before I start my work. So praying and hard working, self-discipline and self-determination, Parents and relatives and teachers, guardians and cousins, they were always seeing me that as I have a capacity and they were trying to tell me, you can, you can. And having a considerable husband, partner in my life, Mr. Isdor Tarimu is my husband. And uh, these this are the ones which make me success. But uh, my poverty moments in my life when I was growing up is that when I was in primary school, I became the first student in performance in the schools, which were around competition and also in the, the whole district. So this was uh, uh, when I was in standard six and standard seven. This also prompted me to study more. And the teachers were telling me, you can go to secondary education because you are performing better in primary. And also when I went to secondary, I had some problems, I could not do so much better, but when I, I, I come to the university, my bachelor, I became the first student again to get the first class. After ten, in the 10th year graduation ceremony, after the university had stayed for 10 years without having such an achievement in all the five faculties which were run by the university. So all this helped me to, to become more stronger and see that I can do better, I can do more. Listening to the elements that you've spoken about, I, I see two clear factors coming through. One about self-determination and the, the motivation to, to keep driving and going ahead. And then the other important factor is the role of people in your life who have supported and encouraged you, be that parents, your husband, or, or teachers. And that fusion together has, has contributed 
towards your your drive and and being able to deliver on your ambitions. Lastly, as we close our conversation today, please can you share a few words of inspiration or wisdom that you'd like to pass on to girls and women who are listening to the show today? Thank you very much. I'd like to share a few words of inspiration to the girls and women in Africa. They, they should always have focus and do the following. Having focus is that you have to stay within your mind and in your heart of what you wanted to do. One is to become a hard work individual and second, maintain self-discipline and self-determination. Three, taking leadership positions when they happen, wherever you are. And fourth, having daily standing order and a list to do and try to do, if you don't finish, take them for tomorrow and having a list again and add those what you didn't finish. And five, time management and networking. This I see they are important for the achievement of the goals which girls and women in Africa set up. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing those practical words, uh, being a hardworking individual, having the focus, being able to manage your time and the effects of networking, which I often think is uh, underestimated how powerful it is. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Amelia Malka, for having you on board and for all those good questions. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Dr. Irene Tarimo, who is head of the Department of Environmental Studies at the Open University of Tanzania.